in the future, crime is patrolled by a mechanized police force. When one police droid, Chappie, is stolen and given new programming, he becomes the first robot to have a book and be raised by thugs to pull a heist while his creator books a week-long guilt trip. All while Hugh Jackman wants someone to try his fancy Oculus Rift. Lights Camera Podcast, this is Zach on Film. Welcome, one and all, to this week's episode of Zach on Film. It's a special episode this week. Steven and Rodrigo are joining me. We are giving a full look and review at Neil Blomkamp's Champion. just released last week. We all watched it over the opening weekend, and we sat back down in the place where we recorded so many of those early episodes of Zach on Film. Uh, really, all of them up till the format changed uh, we're down to the Major Spoilers HQ, and we gave a full look at Chappie. Uh, it was nice to get back with those guys and talk about uh, a movie again instead of just the topics. Uh, I love talking about the topics surrounding the film, but you know, it's just uh, it's always fun just to talk uh, in depth about a movie, especially sci-fi movies. I always feel like there's a, um, a good sci-fi movie always leads to a lot of good discussion. And even though, uh, as we hear, we were not too. Uh, super ecstatic, ecstatic, uh, super, super, uh, uh, you know, pumped about Chappie. There's a lot of good discussion that came from the film, and, you know, that makes it uh, at least some form of a, of a success in my mind. Uh, if you haven't watched Chappie, spoilers abound, of course, uh, in our discussion. We're going to hit spoilers early and often, so if you want to watch that movie without any spoilers in your mind, uh, might want to uh, go watch it and then come back to this episode later. Uh, so let's do it. Let's get into Rodrigo, Steven, and I's review of Chappie. So guys, we're all back together in the same room. We're going to talk about a movie. That we Yay. all watched. It's kind of like the first time we did Zach on film. Yeah. 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 Except uh, we're not watching a movie that is, uh, you know, like in the Library of Congress as significant. Uh, we're watching Neil Bloomkamp's third film, Chappie. Uh, now, Neil Bloomkamp came on the scene with District 9 in 2009, I believe. Uh, big, you know, took a lot of people by surprise. A lot of people love it. Then he came out with Elysium in 2013. And now he's got Chappie. Um, I have only seen District 9 and now Chappie. Rodrigo, have you seen all of them? Yeah. Steven? I've seen seen all of them. I've seen all of them also. Yep. All right. So, Rodrigo, you had a lot of negative things to say about Elysium. Yes. Yes. So, what was your mindset going into Chappie? Uh, I tried to clear most of that out. I mean, the... Um, Blomkamp, uh, like, uh, aesthetic is like immediate and very prevalent, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I saw the moment I saw the trailer, I was like, I literally, when I started seeing the trailer for Chappie, I was like, did they make another movie about one of the robots from Elysium? Because oh, yeah. Chappie looked exactly like the robots from Elysium, which is yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, no, no, this is a brand new movie. Um, <laughs> You know, my issues with both uh, Elysium and District Nine were kind of wrapped up in how the in how like the story was handled inside the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I didn't have any issues going in because uh, you know it's not necessarily like the storytelling or anything like that. 
or the special effects or anything like that that bothered me about the previous ones. I was like, well, if this is a departure from some of that other stuff, then there's not going to necessarily be something that I don't like in this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stephen, what were your feelings about District 9 Elysium? So I had read some reviews uh, before going into this movie. Yeah. And you and I had some discussions because I was like, Zach, I'm so going to effing kill you <laughs> if this is as bad as the, the reviews make it out to be. Yeah. And so I kind of went into it with a very negative attitude going, this is probably the last film of his I will even see mm-hmm. because Aliens better be you know, balls. Yeah, we'll if, talk about that later. I'm go, if yeah. I'm going to see that. So I went in with a very negative attitude uh, to see this uh-huh. movie. But, uh, did you like uh, District 9 and Elysium? I like District 9 for kind of what it is, but I was very, and I think I've discussed this before either on the Major Spoilers podcast or I don't know where, but I was greatly disturbed by the audience reaction when I went to see District 9, how they were just applauding and mm-hmm. going over the top at the extreme violence and how mm-hmm. people were getting killed very violently. I, I was just very disturbed by that. And then after I had time to reflect, I was like, wow, this is really showing a lot of uh, xenophobia. And you could equate that to, to racism mm-hmm. um, in the film. And that really bothered me as well mm-hmm. because of how they were treating the aliens. And it was just like nonchalant to just go in and fry all their babies, you know, without, you know, considering that they, they were human. And then of course the human has that, that flip where he becomes the alien Mm -hmm. and now has to look at the world from a different uh, viewpoint. Yeah. So I was, I was kind of disturbed by that, but I enjoyed it, you know, from an overall standpoint, Elysium, I think I saw after we had our conversation about what was really wrong with the movie. Um, and I agree with that, but I didn't think Elysium was that great of a movie to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it really, I mean, it, it's kind of a neat premise about, if you're talking about class. Yeah. But it, that seems, that is a trend in these movies. Yeah, is yeah. this really kind of like sexy concept. Yeah. yeah like, but, oh, so sesty, so much writing room for this. Mm-hmm. Executed, fair to Midland, yeah. as far as I'm and, concerned. And Elysium, I didn't think was a very good movie at mm-hmm. all. So, uh, so I guess to run out of just the idea of Chappie, uh, set uh, back in Johannesburg. Was Elysium set in Johannesburg also? No, it no. was set in Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Um, so back in Johannesburg, there is this new robotic police force uh, developed by one of the main characters who's played by Dev Patel, um, who's kind of just sweeping up crime all over the place, and this uh, company is doing great. Uh, but the creator wants to dabble in the A realm and make something that has a consciousness and can think for itself um, and then is kidnapped by some thugs and puts together his AI robot and really the story of Chappie is just how this thing kind of learns it's actually for me it's kind of hard to describe the story of Chappie because there's like 15 different plot lines in Chappie and they're all bouncing back and forth through different uh, different methods that I didn't think came off very well right so there's i didn't hate this movie no i didn't either but there's basically i want to say um let's say there's one two three let's say three main plot lines Mm -hmm. um the first one or kind of character driven lines uh the first one is Dion trying to create mm-hmm. AI and not being allowed and kind of having this nemesis in Hugh Jackman's character, uh, Vincent. Um, the second one is Chappie and Chappie learning everything about being a human. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the third one is kind of this crime story with uh, this like this gang that owes money to this like warlord, gang, like warlord yeah. basically is yeah. is really what it is. I mean, he's a gangster, but he's got access to like military grade mm-hmm. weapons yeah. and all this crazy stuff. So yeah, basically, um, and all of those stories kind of mashed together but it's like in a lot of ways watching Chappie is like watching a car crash <laughs> like a pretty well orchestrated uh-huh. car crash but that's what you're watching yeah just because all of these plot lines come at each other at like really weird angles yeah and, and they to me they didn't seem well conceived or mashed together well at all it seemed mm. like they needed to just eliminate one of them well, and it would have been it seemed like it would have been better are you are you aware of who ninja and yolandi visser are uh they what's it die the antward the antward is that yeah. how you pronounce it i think so uh it's like this r- r- rap rock kind of hybrid um uh, band, band yeah. from uh south africa right mm-hmm. right so these two characters are in the movie playing themselves themselves right? but not as musical recording yeah, artists right. but kind of more as like their gangster personas Persona, yeah, yeah. um and i was thinking about this and it would be like um it's like that did that both of you guys watch the first transformers movie mm-hmm. yeah. all right so imagine in the first transformers movie that is like child buff is like oh no 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 transformers oh no and all of a sudden like <laughs> This friend of the family, Slim Shady, comes in. <laughs> he's not a rapper. He's just kind mm-hmm. of a shady guy played by this guy, Marshall Mathers. Yeah. And then he gets involved in the plot. And it's like, that's what that's like. <laughs> it's like, here's this recording artist who is in this plot, kind of as, quote unquote, himself mm-hmm. in this movie. And like, I think they, first off, they are... Uh, they just chew up the scenery. They're like yeah, super yeah. crazy. Oh, gosh, Both yeah. of them are. They yeah. are like, and, and, and not necessarily in a bad way, but like there are a lot, both of them are a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So they kind of just pull the movie towards this dynamic between them and Chappie so hard mm. that like the other characters are kind of left spiraling out yeah, to the yeah. point where like Sigourney well, Weaver is like barely in it. Oh yeah. It, it is kind of interesting if you look at the those two characters from a yin yang perspective with Chappie caught in the middle where yeah. you know um Ninja wants to make Chappie hard and rough and gangsta. Mm-hmm. And Yolanda is just like, no, Chappie, it's okay. You're, you know, love and hugs and all this stuff in your soul. And so there's that real kind of push pull for Chappie to decide, well, who do I listen to? And then you've got Dev Patel who comes in, who's just like, I'm your creator and this is what you should and shouldn't do. Right. And that creates this real conflict about what's going on. I think you could just cut out the whole Hugh Jackman part of this, this movie completely at least from the um, at least from the concept of of uh, the competition right. uh, part of it, and mm-hmm. I think that you would still have a, a, a yeah. solid. I mean, movie yeah, that if works. you if you made the central conflict of it, Chappie having to make the choice of whether to pull off the heist or mm-hmm. not, right? And then what happens? You know, I, I can imagine a very strong action scene mm-hmm. where they start the heist. Chappie realizes what he's doing. He pulls out and it puts his quote unquote parents in danger. Right. Mm-hmm. So then he has to run back in and save them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that would have been a lot stronger than basically the second half of RoboCop. Yes. Yeah. Of RoboCop. Yes. Right. That's what it was. Well, that was the problem to me is well, that, that all yeah. of the plot holes in just, like, this doesn't make any sense is all Hugh. I mean, there's some other things, but besides Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman's character just throws up all of these horrible plot points that like none of it so makes sense oh, at God, all. None character. of it makes sense. That character so over the top. So well, here's here's what I would but, say about that character. So, Okay, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, thank you. Uh, so it's like when you have a movie villain and you want to make it a stock movie villain, you have to pick one thing. You can't make him a jock, yeah. a soldier, mm-hmm. and religious. Like, you have to pick one thing that people pin on the bad guys of the movie, right? So, like, you have either, like, the the general, right, who mm. is like, no, we have to use Johnny Five for evil. Right. Or you have the religious guy who is like, artificial intelligence is evil. Yeah. Or you have the jock who is, like, in competition with the nerd yeah. and slaps mm. his books out of his hand and, like, kicks him over, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to have one of those things. You can't have all three. Right. And that's And that's what I saw a lot too was just like wow but at the same time it's it's interesting if we look at it from a from a um uh, white privilege uh, sure. viewpoint mm-hmm. because if you look in this movie this movie is incredibly diverse because the head of this big corporation is a woman mm-hmm. the lead scientist is indian mm-hmm. you've got uh the head of the police is black sure. everybody that you see on uh, television is a minority, mm-hmm. uh, and and you've got um, Anderson Cooper, uh, gay man in in this, right. and so here's this white guy who is incredibly frustrated that no one wants to listen to anything <laughs> that he wants to say. That's great. And what does he do? Is he lashes out in every possible way that yeah. he can and uses the it's an abomination with Sigourney Weaver to right. play on those heartstrings. Mm-hmm. To the police, he's trying to say that this is the way to do it because I've been in the military. And then when he when he talks with Dion, it's nerd versus jock. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways that you can read Hugh Jackman's character, but he's just he's not well developed, and from a villain standpoint, is not it just it just doesn't work. Yeah, he's all mm-hmm. over the place, yeah. and and he and he is actually kind of unnecessary to the story. Right, right. Yeah, uh, I mean, you mentioned it's funny because. And I think probably a lot of people thought about this going in. Is this is Johnny Five? And have you Robocop seen? Have you seen together. Short Circuit? No. You've never seen Short have you Circuit. Seen Short Circuit okay. too. No. Okay. Because <laughs> well, actually, because actually in Short Circuit too, John is. I think it's too. Johnny Five uh, falls in with some gangsters. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, this is like the Short Circuit movies <laughs> as a more of a drama with the uh, um. Yeah, with the RoboCop. Yeah, with the RoboCop Ed 209 yep. uh, being yep. the, the, the bad force in this. So it's like it's a really, really different movie to watch. But I came out with this with a, I think a, I think a message that I got out of it. And it's only because I'm a parent and sometimes not a very good parent. Wow. And it is that. You're doing fine, Chappie Steven. as a child which is what he is. I mean, he does sure. not, mm-hmm. he does not escalate beyond teenager in this film. Yeah, and barely, really. And, and barely. Mm-hmm. But as parents, we, and this is where you may want to bleep this out, we fuck up our kids more than we realize in the way that we are trying to raise them, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got Ninja who's just like hardcore kill, fight, this is the way the world is, I'm going to dump you out in the middle of nowhere and have these people beat the crap out of you and just treat you horribly. 
and you've got a, somebody who's very kind and loving and says, oh, everything's okay, but you need to listen to your father. And then you have God that shows up and says, I created you. Mm-hmm. You have to follow these commandments that I'm telling you to do. And man, what a way that we mess up these children. And just, I mean, even ourselves, we can probably reflect on, yeah, that was kind of weird growing up. Mm-hmm. Sure. But in the end, Chappie has unconditional love for everybody. Sure. I mean, he loves his dad. He loves his mom. He loves God. I mean, he, he loves America. He, well, the, I don't know the, about like, that. Well, no, the character America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, we screw up our kids, <laughs> but our kids still have a lot of unconditional love for us. Sure. So mm-hmm. even when he's kicking the crap out of Hugh Jackman and saying, "I hate you, Hugh Jackman. You're terrible in Wolverine. You're terrible in in X Men Origins Wolverine. You're horrible in Wolverine Three, but I still love you." You know, even at the end, he doesn't yeah, kill. I forgive you. I forgive mm-hmm. you, and I love you. And he's he shows that with Dev. He shows that with um, uh, what's her? What's the girl's name? Yolanda. 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 And it's just, it's just. I came out of that movie going, "Wow!" If if that is the unintentional message in this, that's kind of cool. I don't know mm-hmm. that that's the unintentional message. The no, other one... thing about Chappie is that it has approximately a dozen messages. Well, right. Yeah, that's yeah. and that's the one that I think. Is the more interesting one because mm-hmm. when uh, they boot up Chappity and he's around uh, Yolandi and Ninja, he's getting these different messages. And then uh, Dion comes in, and he's like, "No, I'm your creator. Like yeah. you have to do this. Don't listen. To, don't let anyone tell you what else to do. But let me tell you what you need to do." Oh no, yeah, right. that, it, that's the interesting dynamic it. of the film to me. And then you throw in this anti AI, it's bad subplot line that. Could also be its other entire movies. We all see like that, like right. artificial intelligence, good, bad. What's mm-hmm. the, what's the thing that's going to happen? Well, and then that, to it, like it dilutes the whole sure. other story and sure. all of yeah. the characters, right? And, yeah. and, and, and that's the thing is like if you took uh, out you know Yolandi and Ninja and just made the movie about uh, Dion versus uh, Wolverine, yeah. then that, that would, actually would actually be a fine movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and because and here's how you know if you wanted to write out those two characters. The way you would need to work it out is that um, Dion has to hide Chappie sure. because mm-hmm. his boss, Sigourney Weaver, said, no, yeah. don't do it. And Hugh Jackman wants all of his research money. So I'm going to put him out here in the in the ghetto or in this rundown slum area and try to raise him in, in quiet. But because he is learning, he's going out and exploring and encountering all of these things mm-hmm. and has to still make a life decision. I mean, you could have done it that way. But in that case, I think it would have been too it much been like John too much, Yeah, too much like Short Circuit. Yeah. It's like... So that that is interesting that putting this weird kind of glut of plot lines and themes mm-hmm. and directions into the movie does make it stand out because mm-hmm. it's like anything that you remember about the movie, you might be like, yeah, this is like Short Circuit, this is like RoboCop, this is like Terminator, this is like this, mm-hmm. that, or the other thing. This is like District 9. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, um, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's like there's all these other things that aren't. That aren't like that, like those movies, and it, it, in fact, that, uh, that very diluted kind of, what is this movie about? Kind mm-hmm. of helps it in that sense to stand out because it is just such a mix, such like a unashamed a hodgepodge, of, yeah. hodgepodge mm-hmm. of plot lines and themes mm-hmm. and ideas, mm-hmm. which is actually part of the reason why I didn't like Elysium or District Nine is because they have this kind of concentrated message, right? It's like, mm. uh, District 9 is like, apartheid was bad. Yeah. And Elysium is like, illegal immigration, dot, 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 question mark. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
And the problem with those is that that single message was so direct yeah, that it caused a lot of problems. Like yeah. my huge problem with District 9 is like, they were like, okay, so here's this metaphor for apartheid, like very explicitly mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, how does it start? Oh, we found all we found all these prawns and they're too stupid to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you saying? And that's clearly a part of like, they were like, oh yeah, let's make this metaphor and then not think about it for the entire movie and let's mm-hmm. make a movie about a guy who turns into a prawn, mm-hmm. right? And it's the same thing with Elysium. Is like, here's this movie about illegal immigration. Let's put Matt Damon, the blondiest blonde that ever did blonde, into the driver's seat of the plot mm-hmm. um, while brown people get gunned down all around them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like there was this lack of thought. Chappie has a lot of themes, but again, so many themes that all of the problematic ones you you can't just you can't focus on right <laughs> now you know Blomkamp did come out was it a week or two ago where he basically admits that yeah i screwed up on elysium mm. and said this mm. isn't the movie that i should have made it should have been something really really different than what it was which is interesting uh because elysium is the only movie he wrote himself yeah, district 9 and chappie he wrote with his wife yeah. uh terry thatcher 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 yeah, okay. thatcher mm-hmm. uh so, th- I mean, that was interesting to me, especially because um, Chappie and District 9 felt similar. so similar. I mean, they yeah. started out with news footage and like this documentary style. I'm like, oh, we're really just diving right back into that style again, yep. right? Yep, they're set in Johannesburg. Yeah, set in Johannesburg, which Man, I, you know, I kind of like. Go ahead. I, I kind of like that. It's like, oh, it's back Absolutely. in Johannesburg again? I'm like... Oh, but it's like not in New York and it's not in Los Angeles yeah, again. Yeah, and that's so the like number, that's so nice. Like I will give you this. Like the huge merit of District Nine success and hopefully of Chappie success is that it's a movie that's set in Africa mm-hmm. that Americans are watching mm-hmm. because Americans have no idea of what Africa is like. Well, and that's, you know, talk about serving up mixed messages because mm-hmm. if you watch like the CBS Morning News, uh, whenever they're doing reports from Johannesburg, you know, it looks like a very nice place to go to. And then you watch sure. this and it's like, no way in hell am I ever going to go to Johannesburg. <gasps> sure. And now there's actually, I would point maybe, um, if I can find the link, I'll share it with you to share with uh, the listeners. You know, that main central tower where they yeah. go in and oh, Chappie yeah. has to watch the dogfights. I mean, that's a real place. There's a really cool documentary on Vimeo about what they had hoped to accomplish with that building and then how it all fell apart oh, really? and turned into what it has become. And if you watch that, I, th- I think you'll get a different mm. perspective, at least on something that people would recognize as a signature landmark for the city. Perhaps a topic for another day, but that's that's actually a good example of something where I believe uh, the creator is South African himself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So it's when a movie becomes is like a commentary on the problems in a place, and then it gets exported. Um, it's very easy for people to see it and be like, oh, that's what this place is like, mm-hmm. right? It's like Johannesburg is a terrible slum. <laughs> and I'm sure there are places in Johannesburg that are, oh, that are very nice. shining and gleaming. Oh, they, they, they have to be because yeah. that's where they are. Driving they Jaguars and BMWs yeah. and stuff. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, well, you know, it's like, I mean, like, here's an example. Like, Forget New York or Chicago. Like, I used to live in Mexico City, and Mexico City is both of those things. Mm-hmm. There are, like, skyscrapers that are made of, like, steel and glass and look amazing. And there are places that are where people live in cardboard boxes, basically. And there's just, like, hills full, full of yeah, these, yeah, like, yeah. shanty towns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's like when Americans absorb something that comes from somewhere else, what is the idea that they're getting from that place? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is which is interesting. Another level of like companies and studios wanting to even go with it because you're setting it in a city that probably what less than one percent of everyone in the United States has been to then no one goes to South Africa sure uh, you're using pop stars from a different country right. as two of your main characters who are going to see almost the most screen time out of anyone and yeah, certainly they, more I, than Hugh Jackman oh I think they do yeah and you know it was the other kind of cool commentary was the only American was Hispanic wasn't he wasn't he Hispanic? I think Sigourney Weaver's character is also American. oh is she American I think so because I took I her know. as being native of South African. Oh, really? She didn't seem to have a a different accent. Like, I I thought she had an American accent, but yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. America is, in fact, Hispanic. (laughs) Uh, So I can just get, like, the studio being like, yeah, sure, cast these rap rock stars from South Africa in your robot movie. Like, that, there's something a studio trusts him enough. Yeah. To do and that, I, I think it's District Nine. You know, I oh, think yeah. District Nine was. A I huge think he is. Mm-hmm. I think he is writing. Off He's of a that. lot of District Nine. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Again, it's like there's all of these things. Like there are other cities in the world besides New York. Mm-hmm. Like you see so few things other than like romantic comedies that are sometimes like for this for like a quirky place. This is set in like Pittsburgh, <laughs> maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, and even then, probably not. It's probably like Miami or something that's like sunny. Mm-hmm. But uh, to it's like, um, you guys ever see Push? Yes, mm. one of my favorite films. Push is actually a really fun movie. Yeah, it is. Like, it's a movie that could have spawned sequels. Oh. It didn't, I don't think it did that well in the. That's the problem. It's it a is movie that such I could a great movie. I could run a role playing game based on. Push. <laughs> oh, can we? We could, <laughs> but it's... we probably couldn't get the rights. But we'll, well, let's talk about it after the show. <laughs> Um, but, uh, Push is set in, uh, Shanghai, Shanghai, I want to say, yeah. And it's great because you know what? It doesn't look like, um, Los Angeles, like Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and it doesn't look like New York and it doesn't look like what Toronto where, Toronto, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, which is, it doesn't look like Toronto dressed up to look like Los Angeles. Uh, so it gives the movie a completely different aesthetic. The To Americans, those skylines are irrecognizable, which mm-hmm. give it a different mm-hmm. feel. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, what I'm hoping to get out of uh, Blomkamp's oeuvre is that at least we get some movies that are set in different places. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I, and I do like that. I do like that. I just think that it's a... His take on South Africa is... And Johannesburg is just very dark yeah. and not a nice place to be right. in and you know we've had two major movies from him that focus on right. the real bad parts of that now again like you said we have the same things about los angeles sure. uh, that do the exact same thing in new york do the exact same thing um but for americans if that is their main point of contact it it can really send a, a i bad guess message, but maybe. you know what it's a step up from people thinking oh, that yeah, africa yeah. is entirely yeah, just covered just by a jungle elephants and, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the uh, video that I was looking for, it's called uh, the Pont, uh, what is it, Pont Tower, P-O-N-T-E Tower. Uh, the video is on Vimeo. It's by Philip Bloom, where he does oh. this little uh, mini documentary about the uh, about the tower. Oh, great. So go check it out. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think about the visual effects, especially like Chappie? Visual effects were great. I mean, yeah. talk about, I mean, one of the easiest things to do in, in 3D is um, 
metallic surface stuff. And so robots are really easy to integrate into a natural environment, but the mocap and the rendering of Chappie in that environment and the way that the actors interacted. Now, I don't know if there was somebody in a green suit that was interacting with them on, on set on he, this. He was but, in, uh, uh, my guess is Charito Copley was, he was in a mo, I've seen some photos. Oh, he was, he was in a mocap mo on, on location. Yep. Yeah. Then that, they, they did that so well. I mm-hmm. mean, it just came off, came off seamlessly. Well, yeah. and it, and it, again, you know, obviously tons of work, tons of great work done on it. And, and I don't want to downplay that, but it helps that Chappie is a man-sized robot with yeah, man yeah. proportions. Yeah. Right. And although he might have some empty space around him or mm-hmm. inside him, he's mostly solid. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's actually like a very kind of easy thing to then put all mm-hmm. the stuff around. So it's clear that they had something workable Yeah, um, that then they made very good. There's um, an interesting article I started reading about the creation of Chappie because I don't remember who the visual effects house that did the film was, but they were working uh, with Weta Workshop who does a lot of yeah. uh, 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 builds of props and stuff. And they collaborated in a way that they'd never done before where they built all of the models for Chappie and were pre- 3D printing all the parts and figures and stuff. And then they sent all of their complete blueprints for the entire robot to them. So they apparently what they said is that everything inside is complete functional. And then they sent all of their uh, 3D models to the place to start inserting them in. Oh, that's cool. Wow. This, is, this is pretty interesting. Uh, and someone I was listening today about the film pointed out that yeah, like metal surface and stuff are easy, but they said they were super impressed that they put so many uh, gold necklaces around yeah, Chappie yeah, the whole yeah, time because yeah. they're gonna have to rig those yeah, the yeah, entire yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a short film. Uh, I had seen this, and this is why when I originally saw the short film, I thought, "Oh, this is what Chappie's going to be about," and it totally wasn't what Chappie was about. Um, but um, it is called Tetraval. I don't know if it, you guys have seen this. It's by Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, Blomkamp did it's it. The, it's the yeah. short film that he used as, I guess, the pitch to get Chappie made. But it's kind of this look at what this police force is like and what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine this being the, you know, the first um, year prior to these robots being launched that the company that sure. uh, mm-hmm. Dion works for is putting this out there saying, imagine a world that would be perfect mm-hmm. without this kind of stuff right. in it. So um, you might want to um, It's interesting that... District 9 and Chappie both came because Bloom Camp did these small little short films mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. them. And then they seem like I watched just a bit of the one that made District 9. It's like yeah, those yeah. ships are the ships in District 9. Yeah. yeah. Like how much he yeah. actually got a pull I mean, from the short you, films and made you it. You see that a lot more, not just uh, filmmakers, not just writers and directors using these as calling cards, but also special effects houses, mm-hmm. like startups and things like that, mm-hmm. trying to get their name out there. You see that a lot more. You know, Presumably, the power slash rangers thing that we talked about basically is that calling card. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, and you also see a lot of people picking up concepts from short films that maybe weren't necessarily intended as that calling mm-hmm. card mm-hmm. uh for example um guillermo del toro's uh, mama mm-hmm. started out as a short film and is actually a lot more successful as a short mm-hmm. film um but uh yeah i mean that's that's how it started up and he just made a feature-length movie out of it i think uh, i was trying to look real quick because i think gareth edwards uh when he did monsters um i think there's a f- short film that he used as kind of the pitch to oh, really? to do that. Mm-hmm. And is it Factory Farm? I don't know. 
Uh, I'll look for it and, and see if I can find okay. it. But uh, early on in the show, Stephen uh, quickly mentioned that Neil Blomkamp will be doing the next Aliens movie. Supposedly, that's what the announcement is. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. It seems like it's going on. Sigourney Weaver's attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are your feelings about him going into an established property? Is he going to be writing it? That's what I don't know. And if I had to take a guess, I would say no, which I think would be a great thing for the movie. Yeah, I I think it really depends on who's writing it. I'm a lot more cautious about it if he's writing it Mm -hmm. because, again, as far as, like, the plot lines and themes of his movies, they seem really kind of messy. Mm -hmm. Um, His style is also super messy visually, but you want that. Mm -hmm. Like, visually, that style would go great with Aliens. Um, so that I'm, I would be happy with. I, yeah, I mean, if he can bring his time, it depends on if they're going to try to take the, um, the original aesthetic of, um, Geiger, Geiger, and mix it with Blomkamp style. I think that might be a weird mash, but I mean, I'm okay with it. And I, you know, after watching Chappie again, I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's got flaws in it. Um, it was enjoyable. My feeling though is... So many people have poo-pooed this movie and it hasn't done as well as the studios thought. My thinking is that Aliens may be a, the last project he works on for a long time unless he can redeem himself. Well, and he might pull it off. Honestly, I think a big part of uh, Chappie's um, mixed response comes from its advertising mm-hmm. because... Like watching it, sometimes they played it off as a comedy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they played it off as an action movie. Um, if you look at the posters, uh, some of the posters have the word "Chappie" written in like kids blocks, mm-hmm. um, and that might lead you to believe that it's a very different movie. Like mm-hmm. uh, you might not believe like that that it's a movie in which a man gets on camera torn in half yeah, where yeah. Oh, yeah. he gets grabbed from one end by a robot grabbed on the other end by a robot and he gets split in half yeah. and you see all his blood and guts everywhere there was a kid in the theater Ooh. um when i was watching it like his grandparents took him and it's like clearly nobody there, no. nobody in that family <sighs> had any idea what Chappie was gonna be like mm. and yeah speaking of the advertising ninja and the uh, Yolandi. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're in any of the trailers no, for this no, film, no, no. and they're so huge in the whole scheme of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, when I saw when I first saw them, I was like, "Oh, this is a vehicle. Like literally, it's a vehicle to get Chappie from yeah, point yeah. A to point B, and then we're not gonna." Mm-hmm. But no, they're like, they are the central conflict of the movie. Is mm-hmm. you know the the dichotomy between Yolandi and Ninja. Mm-hmm. Did you like how the movie ended? Um, not terribly. Uh, it actually ends in a very a problematic kind of sci-fi sense uh, for me, but I I, I was I was a little bit disappointed at the ending until I started thinking about how we mess up our children mm-hmm. and they still love us and our children end up doing doing things better than we do. So my hope is that my kids are better and more successful than we do. And what does Chappie do? Is he creates this next generation of robots mm-hmm. and has figured out this way of transferring consciousness into these robots so that essentially we can all live forever. It's it's really weird. I mean, it's kind of a weird ending mm-hmm. from that standpoint, but I was just thinking again about what do we want from our kids? We want them to be better than we are, and in the end, he was better than God, you know, his God. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it is interesting in like its own sense. Like if it wasn't coupled with a lot of other things, yeah. the idea yeah, of transferring yeah. consciousness yeah, to, again, through like playstations and that stuff. That could be could be its own movie. Yeah. Uh, Thank goodness I've got it, at least one PlayStation. Yeah. It, can, it can handle you get know, there. 164th of all of my uh all of my being. <laughs> and it also felt very again District Nine of the person is becoming the thing that most people hated right, and then, right. then they run off and hide from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, yeah, it could be its own movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, it was like, okay, so Chappie discovers how to transfer consciousness. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm on <laughs> yeah, board. Let's Whatever. Just go with 100%. It. Let's just I mean, go we already, it. we already created complete AI and a, a Red Bull binge night. Let's yep. just go with this. Sure. Um, and then, uh, Chappie records the, uh, the consciousness of Yolandi and puts her in the robot. And then I'm like, well, then that's a copy. That's not actually her consciousness being transferred. That's a copy. And I was like, are the other two robots also just copies? And both Chappie and Dion actually died and just copied themselves into other bodies. Yeah. I mean, th- but that's mm-hmm. that idea, though, of right. what do we do it's with a, our consciousness? It's, it's kind of this like messy sci fi concept, right. kind of like teleportation, right? Yeah. Well. Yeah. And or even just cloning. It's, you sure. know, the, you know, the minute that I clone myself, there's me, the original, but then there's me, the other, and me, the other looks at me and suddenly goes off into a whole different tangent of what's going on, what is this, you know, all these different things. And so it essentially becomes its own being. So even just taking a copy of Yolandi or, or Dion and transferring them over, they've got all those memories and all those past experiences, but now they can go and do their their own thing going forward. It is it is a weird kind of sci-fi tangent to add in there and yeah. i wish that that was explored a little bit more yeah but how yeah. could you i know not in the uh, two and a half hours or whatever that this movie was yeah so. not in the four or five movies that this movie actually is yeah. oh yeah oh yeah and it's interesting because there seems like there is this weird push for these artificial intelligence movies because um uh what is there's another one that's coming out soon with uh oscar isaac uh in the lead and I totally can't remember what it is. There's another artificial guy yeah. developing artificial intelligence, and mm-hmm. he brings this guy in to essentially uh, do the test to see if it's good enough. Right, right. Yeah, I I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. But it has, like, some random name, like, like yeah. random one-word name mm-hmm. that I don't mm-hmm. remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but so, you know, these things come up again and again. There's a cycle sure. to them. Oh, it yeah. just depends on, you know, movies can be developed simultaneously on the same theme, without other studios knowing about it, or maybe they do, but they, they can develop separately like uh, Deep Impact and uh, what was Armageddon. It? Armageddon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you also have to think back, how long does it take usually for a movie to go from concept to execution? About a year, year and a half. Sure. What was the big popular movie we, that was about a year, year and a half ago that oh, we were her. talking about? It was Her, right? Yeah. At the, talking right. about artificial intelligence and our interactions with that. So mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me if Her is what's spawning these two movies, which will spawn sure. you know, a number of other movies uh going forward well and then you never know what goes on in the process right i mean right. when you look at actors like all of a sudden you see something on like uh brad pitt or your bradley cooper or angelina jolie or anybody will be in like five movies in one year and mm-hmm. it's like well that's literally impossible they couldn't possibly be in all yeah. those movies and yeah, it's yeah. because the movies get delayed mm-hmm. or some movies take longer to edit or add the special effects or whatever or in some so cases. you get to that end result and then you have like two three four five yeah. movies in a mm-hmm. row that just have all, all of them have this actor what was the one cabin in the woods uh with um thor in it mm-hmm. yeah uh, they literally thought that movie sucked so bad that they put it on the shelf and they weren't ever going to release it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then Thor came out. It was real popular. And it's like, well, let's well, get Chris that Well, Chris Hemsworth's in it. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's make some money off it. So, and that wasn't a terrible movie either. So no, oh, no, no, I really liked was it. Fun. Yeah, it was good. So, what's your final recommendation then on on Chappie? Um, actually, I enjoyed it. I, again, there's a lot to think about in Chappie, but not necessarily in a good way. Like yeah. it just. Um, it's like watching Chappie is kind of like hanging, like not being high, but hanging out with a friend of yours who's high, who's like <laughs> smoking pot. And he just has all these like super cool ideas. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if the yellow that I see is actually the blue that you see? And the dress is kind of a thing now. So there you go. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, hi, hi friend. Um, you know, and all that stuff. Like that's what Chappie feels like. It's like all of these concepts that are kind of halfway executed and make a more or less cohesive movie. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about themes, uh, because I'm always on this kick, uh, because I might as well, I gotta have a thing for Zach on film. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back and watch Chappie, think about the significance of the color orange um, as it develops throughout the movie. Um, and uh, for any of our viewers who haven't seen, or listeners who haven't seen Chappie, or are gonna go back and see it, Write in the comments if you think or what you think the color orange signifies. I, I honestly did, don't I even remember. I remember. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't but even the thing remember. Is, I mean, we know that his ear gets replaced first, right. and yeah. later his arm gets mm-hmm. replaced, and then later Dev gets transferred into a robot that's completely well reddish orange. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's that same safety yeah. orange. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, you know, one way you can look at it, and this is a conversation that's happened before, and I don't know if it took place in this movie or if it was some other piece that I was watching, is at what point do you stop being you mm-hmm. and stop being something else? All right. Uh, so in today's world where, Rodrigo, we can give you a liver transplant, are you still Rodrigo? Uh, yep. We can go in and give you a lung transplant. We can go and give you a heart transplant. We can go and replace your kidneys. We can go well, in and, and replace all know. these things. At what point do you stop becoming Rodrigo? And at what point do you become something else? Well, it's like your your whole body, all your cells replace every like seven years or eight yeah, years. Sure. So it's like, yeah. yeah. Have you seen Ghost in the Shell, Zach? No. Is you that, really should. It's good. That, they kind of uh, touch on that. Well, okay. So there's a thousand, I mean, a thousand different things called Ghost in the Shell. Oh, okay. But the original movie. anime, which is a movie length anime, mm-hmm. uh, you should definitely watch. And although usually I'm just like, do whatever you want, I would say watch it in Japanese with subtitles because the voice work on the original mm-hmm, English really dub is terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original just so bad, so but the original voice actors in Japanese are great and, and the dub is just, or the sub is just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Steven, what are your final thoughts on Chavi? Um, I liked it. Uh, it's one of those that continues to make me think, you know, a week after or five days after watching the movie. So I think that that's... You know, anytime a movie can get you to think and continue to bring up themes and ideas of, oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? Uh, you know, you and I had a lengthy Twitter or instant message exchange uh, yesterday about Whiplash. Mm-hmm. And Bird even, Man. or yeah, Birdman, sorry. Yeah. Um, and I'm still thinking about that two or three weeks after seeing it. Same way with Whiplash, uh, you know, two or three weeks after seeing Whiplash, mm-hmm. there's still themes and ideas and that I'm trying to figure out in those movies that make it a very positive uh, experience. So yeah. if you go into Chappie with an open mind, and if you go in knowing that there are a lot of themes and you're going to be able to take away your own message from it, I think it's I think it's worthwhile. Is it the greatest movie I've ever seen? No. Is it uh, short circuit? Very much short circuit. <laughs> and I just, that's the one thing that I still can't get out of my mind, how it's just the, you know, we're talking about grim and gritty 
Power Rangers. This is the grim and gritty short circuit. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. serious short circuit. Yeah, and I, that's that's, that's Feature, troublesome. Featuring uh, the Android. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that's awesome. I'm actually glad that you're not as uh, upset about this one as you were Jupiter Ascending. <sighs> Jupiter Ascending had so much potential. Yeah. And they just wasted the potential in the story. This one has all of the potential, but it's like going in 50 different directions yeah. at once. And it's trying to do mm-hmm. all of the potential. Yeah, all, all the potential. <laughs> and so, I mean, I just... Yeah, this is definitely better than Jupiter Ascending. Do I think I will ever see another Wachowski film again? Probably not after that, unless there is something that they come up with that is totally different and totally mind-blowing. I'm done with him, unfortunately. I'm, you know, and honestly, I was done with Steven Spielberg back in... Uh, after Hook. I think mm-hmm. I've, I haven't really made an effort to go out and see any other. Steven and then Spielberg see AI. Movies. I think I caught the last half of it once and I was just like, you know, just, just the whole commercial aspect of the films that he makes that are just aimed at being commercial films mm-hmm. and not really trying to tell a story or a message really bothered me after hook and hook was the, the most blatant with the over to the topness. Mm-hmm. Um, but you haven't, you're not giving up on bloom camp yet or have you? I went into Chappie saying I will never see a Bloomcamp movie after this and left Chappie going, let me see the trailer for Aliens first. Mm-hmm. And after that, so more than likely I'll see Aliens, but, you know, how he handles that may be sure. pretty telling too. Awesome. So. Cool, cool, cool. Well, thanks guys. Thanks for talking. It's been good. If you are interested in uh, checking out that documentary that Stephen mentioned uh, uh, about the tower that took uh, that was a location in, in Chappie, it is down in the show notes for this episode. Right alongside that is the link to YouTube where you can watch Neil Bloomkamp's uh, Tetraval, his uh, Chappie short film he made sometime back in like 2003, a long, long time ago. I actually think it was before the short film uh, that got him to make District 9. Uh, but you can still certainly see an influence uh, on his style and certainly on Chappie with the way the robots look. So you can check that out uh, and see what Bloom Camp has been doing all along. Uh, so enough of us talking. What were your thoughts about Chappie? A couple of you... Couple of what you blah, blah, blah. So enough of us talking. It's time for your thoughts Let's get in some listener feedback. So a couple of you went out and saw Chappie this weekend and were so kind enough to give a little bit of your feedback. I posted a link to the talkback session uh, on Majorspoilers.com. There's a link of it up in the Zach on Film subreddit. Jace M said, I thought it was a good follow-up to District 9. It's an interesting near-future story. It is an interesting follow-up to District 9, especially because of the, the, the crossing of the settings of District 9 and Chappie and kind of how thematically they have a lot of same... Uh, elements, especially visually. I think there's like a couple places that we saw in District 9 that were in uh, uh, Chappie also. Of course, we only think this because we don't actually watch a lot of movies set in Johannesburg. It's not like any time a movie or a director sets 
uh, a film in New York, we think uh, that's like a kind of a weird follow up to it or this weird alternate dimension of that town. It's not like any time Scorsese does another New York City based movie, we think, oh, this is just like an alternate New York City timeline. It's just because we see so many. We're so so used to seeing films set in New York City and Los Angeles and uh, Chicago and places like that. uh, We're just so used to it. But then when a director comes up and places his movies in a foreign uh, city, uh, like Bloomkamp has done with Johannesburg, we kind of take notice and kind of read into that a little bit more. It's an interesting, interesting thought. Um, but I, you know, I thought at the same time, like, oh, this really feels like Chappie and kind of feels like this uh, weird follow-up. Uh, Casey Wilson also wrote over on the page, said, uh, she, you know, she uh, said that she thinks Chappie stepped up from Elysium, uh, Elysium and closer to the quality of District 9, uh, some good stuff she says is my biggest complaint is the last 15 minutes. Unlike District 9, which had a very satisfying, sad, and open ending, Chappie's ending seems very unlikely and a little too convenient. I felt the ending would have been stronger if only Chappie had been able to trans uh, or Chappie had been able to transfer, or if only Dion lived and Chappie's consciousness got destroyed. To have Chappie, Dion, and Yolandi all get transferred into robot bodies was a little far-fetched and happy for my taste i especially hated yolandi's robot for it to have a human face it seems like it this film takes a random direction at the last moment totally agree overall it was an enjoyable watch and i will be seeing other movies from neil bloom camp uh yeah i thought the end ending was you know a little problematic uh, at points felt uh strange i think it just felt strange it's um, I can kind of totally buy into the consciousness transfer of Dion from his body into the new uh, mechanized form. Uh, after we started, after we finished talking, um, and when we recorded our review with Stephen Rodrigo, we were talking more about that orange theory that Rodrigo uh, asked viewers to give their thoughts in and uh, uh, take notice when they went and watched Chappie. We're talking a little bit more about it, and he brought up that. Um, you know, Dion's new robot form is all orange, kind of fitting into this idea of orange and things. So uh, totally take notice of that when you watch Chappie. I think that'll be uh, really interesting. And yeah, I agree about Yolandi's robot face. Like, where did that come from? Like, <laughs> how far along did the robot or uh, uh, Tetraval get from the from Dion's really uh, disappearance, no longer working there, to creating a f- yeah, a natural humanistic face for their robots. Like, what the heck? That seemed uh, quite odd to me as well. Uh, make sure you can always give your opinions and thoughts on the, this week's topic on Zach on Film. I will always post a link over, a, a link or mini over at the subreddit. And I uh, might be take it, uh, always be looking at, on the lookout at majorspoilers.com uh, for things. You can chime in and give your thoughts and have them read on the show because I think the fans are a big part of all our shows and I want to involve you all as much as possible. And with that, that is the end of another Zach on Film episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I know we enjoyed talking movies, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Also, if you want to get your voice heard on the show, go to the Zach on Film subreddit. 
If you're on Reddit, you can subscribe to that. Uh, you can try check that out at reddit.com slash r slash Zach on film. Uh, I post a lot of news articles pertaining to film industry uh, throughout the week, and then eventually I'll post a, 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 a post about what we'll be talking about that week so people can chime in and give your thoughts. A really cool place. I hope to see it grow, and we can all just be interacting interacting friends on, on that place. You can also hit me up on Twitter, I am at ZWolf, Wolf with two O's, because uh, you can draw a smiley face better that way. That's the story my ancestors told me in my dream. You can also send me an email. Uh, That email address is Zach at Majorspoilers.com. Zach is spelled with an H like hot sauce. That's the first thing that came to mind. (laughs) Um, uh, Especially if your thoughts do not uh, fit nicely within that 140 uh, tweet limit. That's uh, a great place to give your thoughts that way to make it on to the show. Next week's show, uh, pretty special one. I actually already recorded uh, the bulk of it uh, the night before I pushed this episode out to all of you lovely people. Uh, I'm going to be sitting down with a creator named uh, David B. Weaver, or better known as his stage name, David B. Gravy. He runs Tiny Cinema. He's got a Kickstarter project. I just uh, What he's doing is just super cool, and I think uh, fans of Zach on film are totally going to dig it as much as I have. So I'm going to be sending out a, a lot of links on Twitter to some of his projects and stuff uh, before that episode comes out. But I'm just super excited about it, and I think uh, you guys will be too. At least, you know, I hope. So that's the end of this episode we'll see you next week on zach on film this podcast is copyright 2015 by major spoilers entertainment llc